on air. The on air light is on. We were talking about my work this week about getting a a light in the building that was like would show if one of the employees' children is in the building, so that you everyone knows to uh, cease ah. regular office discussion. That we just is say normally not our appropriate <laughs> for children. If you enter, if you enter the office with a student, you have to say Shabazz. So we know. <laughs> yeah, you need one of those in the, in <laughs> so the band director office for sure. <laughs> I have a, an announcement for all our listeners. Announce. So uh, today, uh, I uh, purchased uh, custom suits for the three of us, oh! <laughs> and they were. They were delivered uh, to uh, Victor and Eddie's residences this morning, and they are wearing them now. Eddie is wearing a fedora with his. Of course. And uh, unfortunately, we can't be in the same place to take some photos to prove it, but uh, it's really me, it's happening. happening right now. And just so everyone knows, the next two podcasts will be very, very stressful, and we will have comeback victories. 20 plus points. <laughs> That's so right. They will start very poorly, but the end will be the most amazing show you've heard. <laughs> Guaranteed. So stick with us. Don't turn off the don't turn off the pod. Stick with us. You're not gonna beat traffic, I promise. <laughs> You're not. And then you get to tell the story to everyone. It's like, yeah, I got these tickets for free and I was five seats from the court and everyone was leaving. But then I stayed. And man What a, that Chris Paul. <laughs> Did that suit thing just like warm? Your hearts. I, I, yes. I, really I, I mean, I thought yeah. it was he really did cool. something yes. similar with the Clippers. I remember. Um, I mean, they did several, but not the things. Rockets. Is that what you're saying? But not the Rockets. Well, I don't remember one from with the Rockets. He probably they may have done it, that's but that's I probably right. he probably didn't. I had way too much disdain for the Rockets to care uh, at that point. But I remember him doing something like that with the Clippers. But there was also like, I mean, the Donald Sterling thing kind of really brought that team together even more than I think Chris Paul could have imagined. But um, yeah, shout yeah. out to was, Donald Sterling, y'all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I was I was really uh you know I was I didn't really care much about the suits thing until he talked about it after the game and he was like, yeah, some of these guys like Steven doesn't even own a suit, so like I bought all these guys these suits and like we had them t- custom design and all this, and like you know it's just that it shows that he like he is actually invested in in our guys and that's you know even though he's probably not going to be here for much longer you know i i appreciate that that's it's nice it does warm my heart a bit. what do you guys think the price tag is because those suits took like two months to make. Oh, oh yeah that's all i'm, I'm saying. Grand. sure it was ridiculous Ten grand, probably i mean not each, for the whole, right uh yeah well maybe not that high for each but well i, I mean, think he got the same designer to yeah do no. all of them i so that makes it even Did, more expensive probably. this is this is what i was wondering like does he get them for every player like even the guys that don't don't like did Devin Hall get a suit, <laughs> or does he just go? Does I, he, he like re, re, he's like re, he like goes to the players? And he's like, listen, uh, you're you're not you're probably not going to be here much longer. Like in fact, like you're not even playing here tonight. You're playing with the blue tonight, so we're not. Yeah, just you know, I'll send you a gift card. Oh, <laughs> guys, do you think that Dre got one? Oh. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Well, I hope so. If they got fitted at the beginning of the year, yeah. then you assume he got one, right? I would assume so too. Man, I'm gonna believe in my heart that he got one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to br- yeah, Darius Baisley said that was his first suit, and Steven said that was the first time he's worn pants that aren't sweatpants in years. <laughs> <laughs> years plural. Man. Which I thought that was a great man is what a great life. 
my great life. my hero. Did you see the video of of Stephen Adams walking in the locker room and Nerlens Noel seeing him in his suit for the first time? Uh-uh. Yeah, Nerlens Nerlens has this hilarious re- like he is just downright giddy to yeah. see Stephen Adams in a suit. It is it's pretty much the cutest thing ever. Man. Yep. Oh, I love those guys. Yeah, me too. That was that was really cool. Really, really nice moment. A good good touch by the veteran, Mr. Chris Paul. He's he's valuable off the court as well. Yeah. I it's you know, I've I've had a lot of disdain for him for a long time, but as these things go, he's on my team now, and I'm like, ah, yeah, I know why people support him. Cause he's pretty I also great. Had a moment. Ways. I was watching him in the tunnel before this last Phoenix game with his son. And like He's like six one, right? I think so. Six, yeah, I six think so. One, six he, foot. he has the stride and the confidence of a nine foot five man. Oh yeah, dude. Because he was walking. He oh, was, he is. He was walking with this hot pink jacket with his son. Like, yeah, my son's gonna know that this is dope. <laughs> and I was, like, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, wow, good for you. It was yeah, great. he's a. I he's confident in his. In his abilities, he's confident in what he does uh, as a person. He's he's not Kevin Durant. Uh, he's not Kyrie Irving. I think he just he's like very focused and he knows how to be a pro. But neither he of knows... them have State Favre commercials. So. <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. Oh, I think he's probably and I, I've actually said this before before he came to the Thunder. I think he's probably the best actor yep. in the NBA. Yep. Like like he's done. I mean, Blake Griffin is pretty good too. Blake Griffin's pretty funny. But all his commercials, I, I just think he's so believable in whatever role he does. Even the Cliff Paul stuff, I thought he was pretty good. Like being a, a those were hilarious on those glasses. I love Cliff Paul. Yeah, I, I miss it. I wish yeah. uh, I wish they'd bring that one back. I don't know. I don't think they've made a new we, State Farm commercial since he's been with the Thunder. It, That's why they no. should do another Cliff Paul one since he doesn't know how long he's going to be here. Yeah, and I it agree. could be about tornadoes. It, <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Man, and and Abdel Nader could be in it. He's, okay, we should talk about basketball it, now. <laughs> uh, our team has won three in a row, boys. Yeah, and then those two just crazy comebacks versus the Bulls on Monday, and then the Grizzlies on Wednesday. Man, that was fun. That was really really fun. I was in, so I was vacationing in Park City, Utah, and I was looking for a place to watch the game on Monday night because uh, our wh- whatever cable we had in our room that we were staying in didn't have it. So I had to call around and find a bar that had League Pass. Uh, found one, went there, and they said, "No, we don't have that anymore." <laughs> Whoever told you we had it on the phone was wrong. <laughs> so then I had to drive great across t- the other side of town, and I did find it. Did find a place to watch it. And as when I sat down, I was late because I went to the first bar, another place right. first. <laughs> it it was like they were already down by like twenty, and I was like, oh gosh, like I worked so hard <laughs> to find a place I could watch it, and now they're down by twenty, and it's you know, and everyone's gonna think I'm dumb here for coming to watch my team, you know, play the Chicago Bulls being down by twenty. But I stuck with it. I always uh, do. I stuck with it. I saw it out, and uh, I'm glad I did. But. Yeah, those comeback wins, I mean, they were stressful, but they were also really fun. The only thing keeping that from being a Curve Your Enthusiasm episode was, like, you finding a way to be pulled away from the game while we were coming back, and you, like, didn't see, right. like, the biggest comeback ever. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> That's why I always stick with it. I always do. I always I always watch my teams to the end. It's like a policy that I've made for myself no matter what. Yeah, it's like listening to Woods by Bonnie Vera all the way through every time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Never ever leave early. That's what I do. That's right. And what about the uh a lot of people on social media were calling it the uh, you know, the playoffs uh, revenge tour. <laughs> they go into Portland and they beat <laughs> they beat Portland. They go into Utah. I think it was back to back, wasn't yep. it? Utah was the very next yep. day. Yeah, and they they beat Utah, and then they lost to the Kings, which I thought was mighty disappointing and unnecessary. But uh, you know, they had a back to back that they won against some pretty quality opponents. I know Portland's record is not good, but I think it's going to get better. Um, that was nice, and then they. From what I understand, I didn't get to watch the game because I was going driving to Utah. But from what I understand, it, it was pretty rough against Denver, and uh, they they weren't able to to come back well, and win that one. Obviously, if we but, had beaten Denver, then I would have been confused. To be honest with you, <laughs> Jokic, man, I I don't even understand how he is as good as he is. He is he is the he's he has the the new Boris Diaw award for me, like. <laughs> Why why are you good? Why do you make all those shots? You don't you look like you just learned how to run yesterday. <laughs> like when he runs, he reminds me of one of those Boston uh robotics robots that they have to teach to run by like knocking it over over and over again until it learns like how to balance itself. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Yeah. I don't get it. But he he freaking destroyed us, man. He really destroyed us. Yeah, yeah he's, I mean, they're good. They're solid. They'll be they'll be around. I still don't think they've got enough to beat any of the LA teams or a Milwaukee team. I I don't either. Yeah, I don't. I'm not confident Denver could get a quality. They need a, uh, have a quality playoff. They run. need one more piece, and I have heard um, some rumblings that what they might need is like a Chris Paul or perhaps another shooter, a la Danilo Gallinari. Now I'm not really sure how I'm not sure how they would facilitate a trade with us in for either of those players because I mean they've already got a great point guard but he's kind of a scoring point guard he's not so much a distributor I mean Jokic is really kind of their their point guard in a sense yep. yeah they they kind of run the offense yeah. through him but yeah. I think that if they had someone else to run with the ball and they could also distribute. I think that they could be like they could take that next next step forward or just another shooter for them to, you know, just some some sort of release valve. But again, I what would they I mean, they could trade Jeremy Grant to us. <laughs> yeah, I thought that would be funny. I don't, I don't hey, think, Eddie, when we get to stats, will you remind me that I have a stat question about stats? Absolutely. I'm setting your Hey Siri, hey Google, Alexa. <laughs> All three of you, remind, Alexa, remind Siri to remind Google to remind me to do that. Okay, so I got a Google Home Mini. Sorry, this is nothing to do basketball. I got a Google Home Mini because I have Spotify, and I keep, like, not wanting to use it. It's on, and I'm like, okay, you're just going to be there listening. Right. Like, That's why I'm, like, afraid to get one. Like, I just, ah, I don't want. It's dope. It plays music real well. Uh, it answers all my questions. I no longer have to remember how old actors or actresses are. Um, <laughs> it made my grocery list pretty darn well. I'm and sure. And I was that, like, stop listening to me. It's I'm got sure, great uses, but it's terrifying. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like at some point we're all going to have to acquiesce to the the robots. So I don't know. Maybe maybe <laughs> start now, and then it'll be palatable by by the time it you know they fully take over. Unless we're all yeah. dead by that point, which that could be. True. <laughs> anyway, Jokic is good at basketball. <laughs> you were, yeah, you were, yeah. So you were talking about uh, the trades uh, um, in Denver, possibly trading for for a piece that could help them, and I I think that they definitely will pursue that. Um, did you guys happen to listen to the uh, the uh, uh, Wojnarowski Zach Lowe uh, podcast on the trade deadline? Nope. No. Well. You know, they mentioned a few things that were interesting concerning the Thunder. They mentioned that, and Woj said this, and you know, I don't trust anyone more than I trust him as far as like NBA news goes, because he's, it seems like he's never wrong. But he said there is no belief in Oklahoma City's camp or Chris Paul's camp that he will be traded this year. Really? Um, yeah. And as, as of now, of course. And he also said, you know, the thing with uh, Gallinari, because I think he is the most valuable piece to trade that the thunder has right now and i know it all depends on the situation and all that kind of stuff but i think i think more teams will want him in his contract than any other player that the thunder has right now and i thought that if they if he wasn't traded by the trade deadline uh, we would just lose him you know but apparently per his contract presti could do a sign and trade next summer with gallinari Oh. I'm not sure if that makes him like a restricted free agent. I, I don't know exactly, but his his contract does state that. Kind of like Kevin's contract this year. You know, like they did a sign and trade for oh, I Angelo the Russell. Oh, I that clause. Now I know what that is. Uh, yeah. But I so that, that made me feel better. Yeah, that made me feel better because like, you know, it would suck to lose Gallinari for nothing because he's really valuable. Um, but also like, oh, there's a pretty good chance that he'll be with us the rest of the season then, especially if the Thunder keeps trending upwards, which they are doing as of late. I, I'm telling you, I don't, like, this is something we could talk about literally every week, but I, I'm i not at the point, I'm, I'm, I've am i I've reached the point with this team that I, I don't want us to, like, I want us to work this year. I want us to try this year and just see what happens, you know? All, yeah, all me too. I'm, I'm on that boat. Is a, a, a couple of injuries and we know they're going to happen. And as long as they don't happen to us, I mean, who knows, man, who knows what could happen? I just, we're, we are, we are too good. I think to get to a point in, but near the trade deadline and to just blow that up. What we've got already, like we've got our future. I understand like you want to start the rebuild now and earlier, but like our future is pretty good. Like regardless of where we started now, or if we started next season or even the season after that, like we've got a lot of assets. We can, we can create a team in the future. Why don't we just enjoy what we've got now and just give it a shot? You know, well, uh, honestly, where it comes from for me is if we're talking seriously about the future, I don't see any harm in them benefiting from having these guys on our team that are running things. Well, absolutely not. No harm. Um, because I don't think that Shea is really there yet to like have the keys the way that we would like him to. The, this as last great game as he was, is. I yeah. think, like I, I kind of felt early on in the game, I was like, I wonder if tonight is going to be the Shea coming out game. Like, it's and he did it. He he broke out. He got his thirty, and he was really efficient. Uh, I, I I'm right. I'm there with you though. I don't I don't think he's quite ready. I think he needs the rest of the season playing next to Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder. Before he can really finally, he'll be good to go. Take the but he already knows himself. what he's good at. Yeah, but now he can find out what he can improve upon. He's got 
confidence out the wazoo, which is yep. important, which is great. Um, so yeah, the efficiency he's, will he's get better. He's going to improve too. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, and just like you guys said, I mean, it is so valuable having uh, veterans around that he can learn from. Like I'm sure he's learning so much from Chris Paul. Yeah, which is great. And you know, another good thing about this season, you know, like, and, and I'm with you, Eddie. I totally agree. This team is is too good to just not do anything with to just trade away everything and and start quote unquote tanking this season. I, I think you got to see this out, but the way the team is constructed, there's, you know, veterans, savvy veterans, you know, Chris Paul, Daniel Gallinari. And then there's all the young guys. I mean, Darius Baisley and, and Nader, he's, he's a young guy still. Um, and of course, uh, you know, even Terrence Ferguson, like they're, the way the system is built right now, pretty much everyone's getting minutes, at least some minutes, you know, and especially the young guys and they're all that experience is just really, really valuable. And then later on when a, a lot of these veterans are gone because they're traded or whatever, like these guys will have this experience. That's why I want them to try and make the playoffs. Like let Darius Baisley play in a playoff game. You know, I, I just, I really want to see that. And I think that's really important for any NBA players development. You know, that would be an interesting thing to put together is to look at like the success of an individual player if they had playoff experience in their first season in the NBA. Like how what's the, um, what's okay. the peak Are you ready? of that versus a player who did not make of, the playoffs? I could think of two polar opposites that are going to debunk what I would normally think when you ask that question. <laughs> because uh LeBron and Carmelo Anthony came into the league the same year. And LeBron did not go to the playoffs his first season, and Carmelo definitely did. That's Their true. Their lives are completely different. That's true. I mean, I think that this would be is more looking at players that aren't like the the obvious bona fide star. Like Baisley is not. He's never going to be the focus, like the main number one guy on this team. Like I don't think that that's. I think his upside is pretty high, but. Like, I don't think he's ever going to be higher than Shea, and I just don't see him. Like, I see his peak on this team being the number two option, and that's really if, if we don't have Adams because I think Adams is really the number two option. Um, I honestly am we just don't happy have, that he could play basketball. Remember when we were just like, who is this? He sells shoes? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was excited <laughs> he's, watching his highlights and stuff. He's but. been good. He's confident. Yeah. I That's think he's, the thing that I really, pretty good. I'm yeah. really most happy about with him is that he's not afraid. You yeah. Know? I mean, look mm -hmm. at, look yeah, at he Ben wants Simmons. To drive to the rim. You know, like you've got mm. people in Philadelphia mm. that are like calling the dude a coward because he refuses to shoot the basketball. And meanwhile, like, you know, he was at, at <sighs> certain points in the last two seasons been close to averaging a triple double and been one of the reasons that that team's been so good. But he has no confidence in his shot, and so like people almost just want to throw him away. <laughs> I think confidence is really like probably more important than most other tangible things. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I mean you got to have it. You've got to you've got to have like the drive and the ability and the courage to to just go to the rim, you know, and, and try out the spin moves you've been trying out and, and taking the open shot, you know, I mean, a, a lot of players don't do well under that pressure, especially young players, but it seems like all our guys are just encouraged to shoot anytime they're open, which I love that, you know, the only, I mean, honestly, the one that is 
least uh, confident to me is Ferguson. Like when he yeah, misses a shot so or two, like it's clear that he does not want to shoot again. And Robertson was the same way whenever he was playing. You know, you could you could see like anytime he would get the ball, he could be ten feet from the nearest defender, and if he missed his last shot, he wasn't going to shoot that shot. He was going to throw it back to someone. Yeah, I kind of wish that uh, Ferguson would get more shots. I mean, there's so many guys on this team that can make shots, you know. But I, I kind of wish Ferguson would get more opportunities. I feel like um, I remember that whenever I was in like middle school on the basketball team, that if you didn't take open shots, that like later, like the next practice, you had to do some type of physical punishment. <laughs> like the coach would be like, "You have to take open shots, even yeah. if you miss them." Brett Brown came out in a post game interview, uh, and he said to the media, "He said you can you can mark this down." As is on the record, I am challenging Ben Simmons to take one three-pointer a game for the rest of the season. And since he said that like three weeks ago, Ben Simmons has not taken a single three-point shot. Oh, wow. Like, I, I, I can understand where they're coming from, where Philly fans are coming from, frankly, at this point. Like, you got yeah. you to try. <laughs> like, you can't. You're in the NBA. Yeah. You're yeah. the NBA. You got to take open shots. You got to be able to shoot the basketball. <laughs> no, I'm. For, I, I don't know that I don't know how you would disincentivize not shooting or incentivize shooting. Um, but I'm glad that our guys are, are pretty confident with, even even when they're not making him. I mean, you know, look at look at Steven. Steven has always struggled with his free throws, but for whatever reason, over the last several weeks, like he's been making them and like he even had that he had to make those clutch free throws at the end of the game uh, the other night and. He missed yeah. one, but he made one, and he even talked about it afterwards. He's <laughs> like, "Man, I was, I was scared." <laughs> <laughs> he banked it in; the bank was open. Ferguson, by the way, uh, last season he averaged three point nine three three point attempts a game. This year he's down to three point five, which isn't too significant. Two point attempts he was at fifty. Uh, hold on, two point attempts he was averaging almost two last year, two point nine. Or 1.9, and he's down significantly there, uh, 1.2. And you would think, you know, now that Russell Westbrook is not your teammate, you would get more shot opportunities, you know? I mean, that's what statistics would tell you, but it doesn't look that I, way for whatever you just reason. Because you made me think about this, because three-point attempts, the other thing you have to consider is how much the, the player is being used. Terrence Ferguson yeah, has the yeah. lowest usage rate of anyone on our roster. He is 9.6% hmm. usage. He has a lower usage rate than Justin Patton and Devin Hall, which I understand yes. they don't play nearly as many minutes, but that is a problem. A starter yeah. should not have less than 10% usage on a team, especially when you don't have a 40% usage guy like Russell Westbrook. I, yeah. That, I, yeah. I'm blown yeah. away that I just saw that stat. I'm going to go look and see what he was last year. Last yeah. year, he had a t he had 10.6%. So he has fewer attempts, but he's also being used less this season than he was last year. So that kind of that correlation works, but man, that's it would also just frustrating. It, yeah, it would also create the lack of confidence. Man, he needs well, he needs to be playing more. I don't know. That's, he needs to play more. He needs to just go ahead and shoot when he's in the game. Yeah, I mean, because then he starts making them. They're going to use him more. That sucks. Of all the guys on our team, I think he has the best looking shot. 
Like the best looking. Yeah, he, he's catching yeah, shoot He's got shot. a really good stroke. Looks I think. Really great. You don't like you don't like Gallinari's shots. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Gallinari and Shea and Baisley all like. I'm afraid when they shoot, but I know that like they pretty much are good at making them. Like every time Baisley makes a three, it really astounds me because it seems like he either makes it or like he will bank it off the side of the backboard. I have seen some floaters from Dennis and from Shay. Are you moving, Jeremy, or something? Or <laughs> yeah, sorry, I am. Uh, I am making uh, my uh, coffee number two this morning, so don't mind me. <laughs> um, uh, I've seen some floaters from Dennis and a little bit from Shay, and I wish that they would do that more because when we go against the Rudy Gobert's and the uh, what's the dude in Portland, the Hassan, Hassan Whiteside, Whiteside, those are going to be clutch shots for those to be able to, for them to be able to make. I agree, and yeah. I think they're easier to rebound for Stephen if they miss. Yes, I mean, I feel like Stephen sometimes chooses the possessions that he is going to get an offensive rebound. Cause I honestly think if he wanted an offensive rebound on every possession, he could probably get it. Sometimes it really looks like he I just is wonder- not interested in getting the offensive board. Like- I think that he has a fear. Cause I remember back in the day, he used to get a lot of loose ball fouls uh, over the back fouls while getting uh rebounds. I, that is true. And I wonder if, I wonder if he's got that in the back of his head sometimes that if I try and go get that, I'm probably gonna get a foul call. It's possible. Yeah, very possible. I would like to point out, and I have more stuff about Steven. Um, actually, we can just talk about that now if you want. Uh, one of the things that oh, Kiwi. I I, uh, I was really kind of blown away was, like, Steven has always been a good offensive rebounder, but his offensive rebound numbers are actually pretty similar this season to the way they have always been. But as you might expect since Russell Westbrook has been gone, his defense defensive rebounding percentage, uh, which is like an, the percentage of available defensive rebounds that a player will get has jumped by 10% this season. (laughs) (laughs) No way. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Meanwhile, Russell Westbrook is still leading the league in triple doubles playing for the Rockets. (laughs) I wonder what Clint Capella is on his team. I wonder what Clint Capella is, uh, rebounding numbers look like compared to previous well, whatever <laughs> James makes 15 to 20 shots a game and like eight of those are Russell assists. Like it's easy for a Russell to get the assists. It's true. And I mean, they're, they're putting up so many shots when James missed six is 16 threes. <laughs> I mean, rest 10 boards at least for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, uh, I don't know if you guys, Victor, you may have watched it. That, uh, Rockets Clippers game on Thursday yeah, 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 night. Yeah, yeah. I watched a bit of it. I yeah. was real excited. You know, that first half, I was like, man, the Rockets just like they are not as good as the Clippers. And it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that was because James Harden's shenanigans weren't really working. They they did a pretty good and job. On- people are forgetting that Russell still does not shoot the ball very well. <laughs> He's doing better this yeah. season, but it's still not very yeah. good. Yeah. 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 But I was going to say, like, I was just, like, kind of down on the Rockets. And I, I want the Rockets to be good for, for complicated reasons that are not very complicated that you guys probably already know. Yeah. But, I want um, Russell to be successful. That's yeah. It. Yeah. And he, and he was on Thursday night. Like, he was great. Like, he completely took over that game. And I'm not sh- There hasn't been a game recently 
that he's just completely taken over like that, um, especially on the same floor as James Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he, he was the man, though, in that second half, and he really willed the Rockets to a win, which was pretty cool to see. And that made me think, like, oh, okay. I mean, the Rockets are, are going to be just fine. I mean, they've got Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Either one of those guys can has the ability to just take over and control a game. So I, I think that they'll be good going forward. And, and a lot of people were down on Eric Gordon because he didn't shoot that well before he got injured, but I think he's really going to help them when he comes back to yeah. having another shooter on the floor will be uh, very, very beneficial for them because that's what they do. Yep. Yeah. I mean, for me, like whenever I, I went to sleep at halftime of that game and I, I kind of had the same thought as you, like, yeah, the Clippers are just better than the Rockets. Like I just, mm-hmm. you know, but when I woke up, obviously I saw like the first thing I saw was Russ's tweets. Cause I have him sent directly to my phone. Cause I love him. And I was like, Oh, he, they won. And then I saw that he had a great game and I was like, well, that's pretty typical of any Russ team ever uh, to look like not good <laughs> enough to win at any given point in the game, sometimes to look like one of the worst teams that's ever played basketball and then to just figure out a way to come back and win anyway. Like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It seems like that is a, a, he's always enjoyed the, he's relished the opportunity to come from behind and to like prove people wrong. You know, that's uh, that's why I I love him so much. Um, I'm sure he very, very much enjoys that. I think that Chris Paul also enjoys that very very much because we saw that this week i mean he's just able to control what happens in 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 a fourth quarter you know what chris paul makes me think of it makes me think of when like like you're say you're playing like like smash bros but you're playing with like a seven-year-old and it's like you two versus two other people and like you kind of just playing a little bit and you're letting the kid try to win or whatever and then you get down to the last minute or so like well we got to win so i'm just gonna freaking take over and destroy everyone and suddenly you win that's what chris paul seems like he's like i'm gonna let all these other guys just play basketball and i'll just sit back and watch a little bit and when he gets down to it i'll i'll get us what we need to where we need to be yeah yeah it's, <sighs> uh, I'm, I'm glad he's on our team you know i am is he It'll be interesting to look at the numbers at the end of this season to see like how this season compares with his seasons with the Rockets and even going back to his uh, years with the Clippers. It'd be kind of interesting to see like if his numbers basically kind of plateau and are the same from season to season or if uh, he, he has the opportunity playing in Oklahoma City to be more productive than he's ever been. At least since he was in New Orleans. I know in New Orleans it was a different story. Let me... But uh, I mean, if we're talking... Let's just see here. His... In terms of like... I guess what you're talking about is kind of basically the win share stat. Which is kind of a catch-all. I mean, he's been about... Anywhere between 10 and like 14 win shares. Basically since he joined the Clippers like he had more uh, a couple seasons with more in New Orleans because I think that he was the main focus but like his tenure with the Clippers was pretty high uh last year he had a severe drop off in Houston so I think and I think that that kind of everyone kind of felt like he wasn't playing as well as he could have last year but um I don't know this year I think he's probably going to surpass his numbers from 
from Houston from last year. I think he's playing you better know what? this year than he's played since, honestly, since he was with the Clippers. I just had a bit of a light bulb moment. Because <laughs> you wonder why it wouldn't work out with him and James in Houston. But you think about, like, just straight up the, the jersey thing, the jersey tuck rule. Chris Paul is a basketball person, like a real purist when it comes to the game. He goes, I know all of the rules, do all the things. And sure, he flops, but only because he knows the rules. I think that James takes <laughs> yeah, that. I think that James much. takes like the the intangibles of the game to an extreme, and it probably bothers Chris Paul. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe. I yeah. It, that that's a it's tough because that's a very fine line. Like yeah, exactly. Where does and where does Chris Paul draw that line? Like is getting like one to two rip moves free throw attempts uh, a game like is that acceptable but getting those same free throw attempts by I don't know by driving to the lane <laughs> excessively and flopping <laughs> around I got I don't know that's I, it's it's close because they're very similar but there's also like things where James is like just definitely traveling like <laughs> well yeah oh that one that one video that, that you I think you posted it Victor on Twitter <laughs> yeah. like in real time, that was in that Rockets Clippers game. In yeah. real time, that looked just like a sick move by Harden, <laughs> and so, it's something that I hadn't seen before. But when you slow it down, it's like obvious that he's bobbling the ball for a split second. <laughs> he just played a hot potato with the ball. Yeah, just very. That's quickly. why. Yeah, Paul George was guarding him, and that's why Paul George like immediately looked at the ref and was like, "What? Did you not see that? <laughs> that was pretty obvious to me." Uh, it could yeah. be that Chris Paul just wants to be the only guy on the team that that can exploit the rules like that. Maybe, maybe that's the problem. Maybe he was upset. He was like, James, this is my job. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. The rip, the rip through thing. I, we talked about it a little bit in the last pod, but the rip through thing, I I'm okay with a player doing any player can do it. I mean, Chris Paul is not just the only player that can do it to me. That, that is teaching the defensive player a lesson. It's like, don't put your hands on me this far from the basket. Like learn to guard better. He always does it to young guys too. That's true. But seriously, that's all you have to do to not get caught by that. And it's I also like, think it's it's better now that they've taken the free throw possibility away from that move. So that's that's always yeah um, yeah. But to me, it doesn't it doesn't bother me because in a way you're kind of like it, it's kind of like strategic. Like you're you're letting your defender know like don't put your hands on me, you know, and that could open up more stuff because that's when it happens. Whenever the defender puts his hand on Chris Paul, you know, to let him know he's there. That's that's when it happens. It's just, to me, it's not that hard. Just don't put your hands on him that far from the basket. Just get in his face, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, get, get close. I to say it. it's get not that hard, but then I look at it and it's like it, everyone <laughs> falls for it. He does everyone. it. He does it every single game. Every, yeah. it, and and honestly, like he does it a lot against the young guys. But I mean, he's done that to everyone. He's done it to to Joe Ingles. He's done it to like good. He's done it to everyone. He's done it to good good defenders, bad defenders, young and old guys. Like all it takes is one one possession, one split second of a possession where you are you forget or you're not thinking about it and he'll 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 see it. He'll smell the blood in the water and he'll grab it. I kind of wish yeah. the NBA was like some type of mob foundation so I could put like hits on particular players like I'll give 3 billion dollars <laughs> to whoever breaks Joe Ingles' ankles. In the next game, <laughs> like how dope would that be? 
<laughs> Watch someone annihilate Joe Ingles uh, and Patrick Beverly. <laughs> Dude, Lou Williams blew up at the end of that game. He got ejected. That's yeah. Never uh, yeah, that was pretty, pretty insane. Uh, did you see that stuff, Eddie? I did not. Yeah, Lou Williams. Um, he he got called for fouling Russ in a three-point shot. It showed the replay. It definitely was not a foul. Like, I don't even think he touched Russell. It was just the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then the ref, he argued with the ref, and then the ref immediately teed him up. And then he said something to the ref, and the ref apparently, like, spoke to him in a way that he felt like he was being talked down to. And he just, like, went off on the ref. And Doc Rivers had to grab his jersey and hold him back, and he, he got ejected. And, he he said he called him something that I can cannot say on our podcast, but it was pretty bad. I was I was kind of surprised that he didn't get suspended for that. Honestly, usually when people verbally assault a ref like that, they it seems like they get one or two. But I gotta know what the ref play. said because like every player in the league yeah. talks about how genuinely nice a person that Lou Williams is. Yeah, yeah, that's what they were saying on the broadcast too. Like that that is very out out of character for him to do that. So um, so would you say that? At the end of the game, he was sour, Lou. <laughs> he wasn't sweet, Lou. Oh. He was he was quite sour. He yeah, was, uh, he was sour Skittles, Lou. Uh, yeah. Just so everyone knows, uh, the Edmund oppressors will not be benching him for his uh, ejection. Um, <laughs> we've got we've got second chance policies on our team, and uh, he'll he'll be back in prime form. That's good. Uh, That's he also good. has multiple girlfriends. According to Reddit, so there's that. I guess he that, must be a really, really nice, nice person. Yeah, I know, right? He's really like, nice. he's so nice. He needs. There's more to go around. Yeah, his heart is too big. <laughs> his heart is too big for a relationship. So I've been kind of glancing over Chris Paul's numbers um, through through yeah, his career. Uh, he's actually pretty down uh, across the board. Most of his numbers are the lowest they've ever been since uh, while he, since. Since he's been in Oklahoma City. However, he is having the best shooting season of his career. Of his, career. his true shooting percentage true is the highest he's ever been so far. Um, hmm. 61.5%, which is really, really high for true shooting percentage. Yeah, that's really good. Um, but he did have one. He did have his third best season in Houston, his first season there. And his second best season was his last season in L.A. So he's basically just gotten better as a shooter uh, as he's gotten older, which kind of makes sense. Yeah, he's very smart about what shots he takes. I mean, he he's he's the anti Russell Westbrook in a lot yep. of ways, and one of the ways is he's very selective about the shots that he takes. He he never throws up a dumb shot unless it's like at the end of a quarter or whatever. Yeah, but even those aren't dumb because he makes them. Like he's had at least oh, yeah. two or three yeah. uh, just heaves that have been makes. You know, it's been pretty fun to watch. But yeah, like his, he almost never shoots. Uh, whenever he's not supposed to shoot, and when he's supposed to shoot, he goes to the shot that he wants every time. Yeah, and he's able to do that. He's able to like manipulate with his handles and stuff at the top of uh, of the key, you know, and just get to whatever corner he wants to take a shot from, or the or free throw line, get, yeah. get that floater off. Yeah, the free throw line, whatever. Yeah, he he's he's good. I mean, he's there's a reason people say he's a bona fide Hall of Famer and. You know, there's a reason people the point revere him at a very high level. He is. By the way, uh, it's been two weeks since we talked. I don't remember 
Did we have the discussion about Hall of Fame and Jersey retirements last time, or was that the episode before? I think, I think that it was the was, episode before. Well, what? I kind of, after we did that, I kind of took it upon myself. I wanted to find out if there was a way that I could basically use like the statistics of people who have made the Hall of Fame to determine like what kind of baseline you need to get into the Hall of Fame. Um, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, and I, I kind of got started on that, and I spent a lot of hours pulling stats from basketball reference and putting them into spreadsheets and kind of manipulating them, and I realized that I just don't I don't know enough about statistical analysis to do that. And also in the process, I conveniently found that basketball reference actually already has a whole thing where they've done this. They call it the Hall of Fame probability. And um, of all of the active players right now, uh, the two highest are LeBron James and Kevin Durant. They have a, according to basketball reference, a 100% chance to make the Hall of Fame. And that's this is assuming like if they did not play another basketball game starting right this second. Um, they're 100%. Yeah. But the third highest is Chris Paul at 99.99%. Um, then you got Curry uh, down a little bit, 99% still. Then Russ and James. But we were talking, I think, specifically about Anthony Davis. Uh, Anthony Davis has an 80% chance to make the Hall of Fame as of right this minute. Wow. Yep. Hmm. And then Kevin Love is right behind him at 73%. Then Kyle Lowry, Yay. Uh, 68%. Paul George right behind him Kyle, at 65%. Kyle Lowry is ahead of Paul yep. George? That's, <laughs> yep. That's, that's weird the to championship, me. man. The championships. Uh, I, I, tried to, I tried to do a little bit because they have a... a, a like a page on this thing that explains how they came up with this calculation and they use what's called a logistic regression, which I don't really know. It's, I looked it up and I read a whole lot about it. It's very complicated math that I am not equipped to understand, but basically they use like a whole bunch of different predictors and stats from players that have already made the hall of fame. And based on all of those numbers and like how valuable each thing is, Kyle Lowry has a bigger chance to make the hall of fame than, than Paul George, uh, hmm. so actually he has a bigger chance to make the hall of fame than, uh, no, not Carmelo or Dwight. They're right under James and Russ and then Vince Carter and, uh, Paul George. That's kind Kyrie, of, to me, that's kind Blake of, Griffin. LaMarcus Aldridge has a higher chance to make the hall of fame than Clay Thompson, according to, to their, their thing. And then Joe Johnson is the last guy that has over a 50% chance to make it. So every other player mm. that's currently active in the NBA has less than a fifty other fifty percent chance to make the Hall of Fame, according to this, including Rondo, Lillard, Draymond Green, Kawhi, John Wall, Butler, all these dudes that I'm like, these were these are like absolute Hall of Famers to me, some of them at least. Giannis, like he has a ten percent chance, according to this. I'm not yeah. sure about that, but you know, the, the, a lot of these well, guys uh, still have a lot of years he, left to play. How yeah, much, yeah, yeah. How much did the Nassis's go up after that putback last? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't he didn't qualify for the list. <laughs> he christened he christened RJ Barrett last night. Did you guys like, see like, the freaking Ja Morant? He almost killed yeah. Kevin Love. <laughs> yeah. Like I saw that and I was like, if if that dunk had made it, that would have been the greatest dunk of all time. No doubt. Like that would have finally surpassed Vince's dunk in the Olympics against that dude. Like oh. you don't 
he 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 jumped he he jumped completely over Kevin Love, man. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, one other thing I found when I was doing the Hall of Fame stuff, this is kind of a neat little thing. There's been only one player in the Hall of Fame currently that has won the most improved player award. Who that? Mm, is it a player that we would know? Uh, yes. And hmm, me, I'm, I'm stalling because I've actually forgot who it was. And I'm trying to pull <laughs> yeah. up the sheet to pull. To oh, I, I thought you were it. trying to have Victor and I. Well, guess you can. You can go ahead and oh. guess while I'm doing this because I really need to remember. The only player in the Hall of Fame that has won an, a most improved award. Gosh, who would that be? Um, mm. It's not Ray Allen. No. Wouldn't be Shaq. Last week, or two weeks ago, it was Adrian Dantley was the answer twice, so it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> Is it C? Uh, no, it's B. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Uh, Man, this is really Conundrum. upsetting that I can't find this right now. Uh -oh. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Oh, no. It's is not. it Tracy McGrady? Yep. That's the one. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That actually, Tracy McGrady. That actually makes sense. I just found yeah, that really interesting because, like, Giannis well, is one most improved player. So if we're sitting here thinking that Giannis isn't going to make the, the Hall of Fame, which, according to right this second, maybe not, but obviously, like, he will likely <laughs> be there if he keeps playing. But he he will be the second, I think, that would ever have made the Hall of Fame winning that award. Because I remember that Tracy McGrady was not uh, amazing when he was in Toronto, and then he had that year in Orlando where he exploded upon the world. And he was having a good old time with Mike Miller in Orlando, and they were the best of friends. And then they traded Mike Miller, and he got mad, and then they traded him to Houston. And then Houston McGrady existed. Mm-hmm. And he still never won a championship. Did he get that one with San Antonio? Was he on the bench with San Antonio? He no, they didn't. It was he no, was he so. retired after they lost to Miami, and then they uh, went and won the next season. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was really disappointing. I I wanted it for him, but it just didn't work. Man, why? Where did my number? Where did my sheets go? I'm so disappointed. Hey, while you're looking for that, Eddie, we're, we're kind of like. <laughs> uh, our conversation is just flowing here. We're kind of jumping around from topic to topic. Uh, was there, let's see, was there anything with the road trip that you guys wanted to discuss? On the sheet, someone put starring Tom Green. I don't get that <laughs> reference. You what? You don't get that? The movie. The movie, the movie Road Trip? I know. Oh, oh the movie. I, yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yes. That's, that's, that's a great movie. I love that movie. <laughs> When when Tom Green is is oh. like he has the guitar and he's like singing, <laughs> he's singing to the snake to try to get the snake to eat the mouse. He's like obsessed with it. Uh, that's a great bit. I love it. Okay, so we did we did kind of talk about that yeah. We I mean that was just uh, just leading back into this the yeah. the talk since we've been out for a couple weeks. Yeah. You put on here also five hundred club. I mean obviously Thunder's five hundred, which is awesome. I think they're number seven. In they're the West currently right number now? seven, which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. Yes, yeah. it's, which is crazy. I mean, a lot of a lot of the Western Conference teams. I mean, obviously, the Western Conference is still far superior to the <laughs> East. 
I, I, I think, but I also think that the West is maybe not as good as we thought it was going to no, be. No, no, no. I think it's uh, better. I think that all the teams are more equal. I think. Yeah, maybe. I mean, New, New Orleans is pretty bad, and we all thought that they were going to be good. Well, to be yeah. fair, they don't have their best player. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I, I really wonder, like, how good would that team have been if, if, if Zion had been playing all this time? You know, I. Yeah, it's I don't true. think that it's they true. would have been as bad as they are right now for sure. But I, I also, like, I think they could have, like, they, they would probably be, they would, I think, at least have a winning record or be close to five hundred at this point. You know, like, I think yeah. the fact, yeah. honestly, that that they they don't have Zion and that he's been out, and the fact that the Warriors exploded at the beginning of this season, I think those two facts combined are really bolstering the Thunder's chances to make the playoffs. Yeah. Like I, I, yeah, I, think, I kind I think of, you're probably right. Unless we have an implosion or we trade someone, I kind of, I kind of expect us to be in the playoffs now. Like I just, I think that we're, we're too good to not. Uh, and in fact, basketball reference has a, has a playoff predictor as well. And right now we have uh, a 42% chance to be the seven seed, but an overall uh, right. 86% mm-hmm. chance to make the playoffs. I can't help but uh, get the idea, Eddie, that you think that if we trade someone that Mike Muscala will not step all of the way up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If Mike, any if Mike Muscala Mike. had been on any team other than this team, he would be my least favorite player ever. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a worse Patrick Patterson. And come on, man. <laughs> yes. That's, oh gosh! Uh, for the th- at the end of the year, we need to on our Instagram <laughs> have the images of all the players is just one quote from the pod for each. That <laughs> <laughs> is oh, that's just, a good idea. His is worse than Patrick Patterson. <laughs> He's a worse Patrick Patterson. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Gosh. He, he's. I mean, he came in and made some threes in that garbage time. Um, and like I think he helped in one Moose. of those comebacks wins as well, but I don't know, man. Just <laughs> Moose. Yeah, that's really the only reason he that I like him is because he has a fun name to to say whenever he does something. But here's the thing: so does that's Lou true. Dort. So Lou Dort's gonna yeah. take over in the fun name department. I like. We're all Lou just Dort. gonna go. I like Lou. that dude. Oh, Lou Dort. I, I'm upset he that he's not playing watch. minutes now. Now that Terrence is back, he's really fun as soon to as Hami comes yeah. back, we're probably not gonna see much more in Nader either. Yeah. Non-stop Nader. Good old Ralph. Yeah. You know, he's he's been good, though. Abdul Nader's been pretty I good. Think, I mean, for a while there, he was shooting like 50% from three, you know, over the course of a few games. I mean, he's he's not bad. I saw flashes of him being decent last year, too. He just never got any consistency. And we saw what happened when he has some consistency, you know, when uh, with a... Uh, Hami hurt and everything. He's getting more minutes and he had to start a few games. So he got more minutes when Terrence Ferguson was out with that injury. Like I, I I'm not like all the I way up that, on him, but I, I like him on the team. You know, I think that any activity that takes, um, I don't know that happens and is like a performance type of situation. When you can find the zone to slow things down is when things start opening up for you. Like even in like performing music, but like, especially in a sport like that, and I don't know that that is as consistent as he would like it to be, but it's definitely getting there where he can slow the game down. Cause he seems like he makes a decision and there's no audible for him. Like if he's going to drive to the basket, like people probably would be able to take a lot of charges from him if they decided that about him. Cause I think it's true. 
Because if he goes to the back, yeah. he's not going to yeah. stop. <laughs> or if he like is the second to last pass on the swing rotation for passing the ball, <laughs> like he's going to shoot the shot instead of passing it all the way to the end of the quarter. Yeah. I, well, he's got, I mean, he's got the confidence, you know, he, I think that he makes the right decision where in, if Terrence Ferguson were in every one of those positions, he would make the wrong decision. Yeah. Which yeah. is why I said earlier, like I, I'm kind of ready to have Nader start over Terrence Ferguson. I don't know that I've given up on Ferg. I just, I don't know. Like this is his third season now. And I don't really think he's made the growth that he should have made by this point. I remember we, we were talking about this before we even did the pod <coughs> uh, last year, but, but you know, when we were still kind of testing things out, we talked about like the, the jump that we needed, we wanted to see from Ferg, but that was last year at the beginning of the season. And I still don't think that we've seen that jump. And so I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I would rather, I mean, I'd rather see Nader out there. I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather see Lou, Lou Dort. I would definitely rather see Hami out there than Terrence Ferguson. So I don't know. I, I don't know about Ferg. I just, I wonder, I wonder how much the off, to, off the court stuff with his, you know, the, the stuff he's going through is affecting what he's doing on the court, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I definitely haven't given up hope that he'll improve or whatever. And and he hasn't been like bad. I, I think he's defended some of the best players in the NBA really well. And he has made some shots here and there. I mean, more so than, than Andre Robertson made when he was uh, playing consistent minutes with the team a few seasons ago. Um, and he's so young too. Can he even drink alcohol legally yet? Did he turn 21? I don't know. Uh, see. Oh wait, he, he probably did. Cause this is his third season, right? But I know he was 19 when he came into the league. I mean, he's, th- this is just the scratch of the surface of his career, you know? And I, I like the idea of him being on the thunder going forward. You know, I, I think that he could be part of the, the nucleus in the quote unquote rebuild. He you know? is 21. Oh, he is 21. Okay. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, dealing with the stuff that he's had to deal with off the court, I'm sure that has been very, very challenging, um, especially during the season, you know? So I'm sure that that would affect anyone, you know, especially a 21 year old guy. Yeah. I, I, I don't want the team to like, we're, we're not the team that we used to be. And I think that the type of player that is purely a specialist on the defensive end and has limited offensive contribution. I don't think that that's the type of player that I want on our team anymore. You know, like this is why I, I, I love Andre Robertson, but I, I don't really see how he fits with this team moving forward unless oh, yeah. he he can figure out a way to change his offensive game when he comes back. But I mean, <laughs> I don't, we, we don't really know. I mean, that's, that's a different discussion. He hasn't played in nearly two years. Yeah. Um, My main concern is just Andre Robertson being able to play basketball professionally again. That's what I really well, want. Well, yeah, I mean that's uh whether it's with the Thunder or not, you know. Right. But I'm 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 talking, you know, I'm not I'm not talking necessarily about, you know, what what I want for him for as a person. I I'm talking about what what the Thunder needs from a player and from a like a a basketball perspective. I don't know that that type of player fits on the team anymore. Because we don't have, we're not like, 
like it used to be that things were split. You had Russ who was dynamic offensively and could win a game by giving you a 50 point triple double, but was quite often a liability defensively. So you had these, these huge uh, defensive juggernauts like Paul George, Andre Robertson, and then we even way, way back Tabo Cephalosha to bolster that side of the court. I don't think that that's this team anymore. I think that all the guys that we have are now more balanced offensively and defensively. I mean, everyone contributes really in both ways. And that's why I think that if you don't, if you can't bring consistent uh, and confident offensive production along with great defense, you know, I, I would almost rather have a little defensive dip to have someone that is more confident offensively, which is why, um, I, like, why I like Nader. And also, side note, uh, that original timetable for Diallo was four to six weeks, so we should at least hear an update this week on him. Oh, that's good. That is good. Yeah, that's good. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, I never, I never thought about that perspective before, Eddie, but that's a good point. Like, I think you're right. There, there are no bad defenders on this team, I don't think. I mean, Anthony Morrow was a bad defender. Um, I mean, Gallinari so, is not a great defender. But he does make he up can for do, it on he, the offensive end. And he can. Yeah. He can defend like in the well, yeah, post he, and stuff. But yeah, I think he does it well enough, though, where you wouldn't say that he is not contributing on defense. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, look at Nerlens Noel. Like, Nerlens Noel is probably one of the best defenders we've ever had, especially at the center position. I mean, the next closest great defender was like the early years of having Perkins. But he was only good against certain types of players and only in the post. But he also contributed almost nothing offensively. Nerlens, at least, like, if it comes down to it and he has the ball and there's, like, two seconds left, he'll put up a jumper and it's going to go in a lot. You know, like, he has a solid jump shot and he can actually jump and catch lobs and all of this. Like, he provides stuff offensively, even though, like, his main focus when he's playing is his defense. So... I, I just think that, and even like Steven, like Steven's defensive numbers have really improved recently. I mean, he's had, uh, you know, a string of games with multiple blocks for like one of the first times in his career, um, just over the last couple of weeks. So I yeah. just think that we're yeah. becoming a more balanced team. And honestly, I think a lot of that has to do with Chris Paul because that is kind of Chris Paul's game. He is a great defender and a great offensive player. Like, I don't think that Chris Paul could do the same things that Russ could do. Like, I don't think Chris Paul is going to go out and do a 50 point triple double. I don't, I don't even know if Chris Paul's ever had a 50 point game. Like I'm going to go find out that is, I don't know that that <laughs> is really in his DNA, but Chris Paul is also probably going to retire as one of the top five assisters in the history of the league. And one of the top five stealers in the history of the league. Like the dude is yeah. balanced in a way that Russ was not, you know? And I think that the whole identity of the team is kind of taking that on, and that's what I want. I want us to be a great team all around. I don't want to be like, you have to have a certain player in to do a certain thing and then switch out to get a certain thing. I don't know. I, that that era is gone, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready for a little different kind of basketball. I will let you guys yeah. guess what his career highs is and how many times he's gotten it. I'm going to guess 47 and twice. Jeremy? 42 
popped into my head. And what? he Sorry. got it 42. Okay. And I'll say, I'll say he's just gotten that once. He has scored at the age of 22 43 points. Mm. And Ooh. also at the age of 23, 43 points. He's never had a 45 point game. That is crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Let's do assists. Uh, I don't know that he's ever... Has he ever had a 20-assist game? I feel like he's yeah. always just been somewhere between 10 and 15 assists. Like, rarely less and rarely more. Like, he's really consistent. I think that's the thing that I appreciate most about him. Yeah, like looking at his stats on basketball reference, yeah. Uh, so you're asking Victor about uh, career-high assists yep. in a game? Yep. I don't think he's gotten a 20... 20 spot. I'm going to say I'm going to say 17. Uh, I'll, not give him, only, I'll give him a 19. Not only has he reached 20, he has reached 23 times. Oh, wow. Oh, And his, wow. career, his career high is 21. Ah, mm. okay. Back well, in he, the New Orleans He never days. had 27 like Russ did. <laughs> 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 Didn't get that 20-20-20. Uh, That's for sure. No one okay. has. Well, let's look at Russ's <laughs> What's career his... high turnovers. Let's see how many turnovers Chris <laughs> I actually, I looked at this the other day. I'm, I'm very proud to say Russ has never had back-to-back games of 10, 10 turnovers. <laughs> he did, however, have back-to-back games of nine turnovers. And you guys may even remember the stretch. I think it was back in uh, uh, 20... I think that it was 2013... He had back-to-back games of nine turnovers. And I, I remember this because I remember being like, man, Russ, you got nine turnovers again? Like, what are you doing? And then he came back and had a great game the next game because that's what he does. In back-to-back seasons, Russell has had 11 turnovers in a game. In back-to-back seasons? Yeah. 11 turnovers in one game? Yeah. Yeah, well, in seasons. But still, 11 turnovers by yourself? 11, 11 is a lot. I mean... <laughs> When you have 40% usage, you're going to turn the ball over a lot. Um, I wonder, so Chris Paul's career high turnovers. I'm, ca- it's I'm like curious seven. to know it's, what that is. It's like seven. Let me go back. Yeah, I was, th- I was thinking seven eight. twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and six twice and five a handful of times and then four and then a three and then a whole bunch of twos and ones and a lot of zeros. <laughs> he's got a really high uh, assist to turnover ratio like one of the highest ever outside of yeah, John's I would imagine so um, po- actually I, lo- God. I, I looked I looked up this thing uh, yesterday John Stockton not only does he have the two highest streaks of uh, games without a turnover but they were those two streaks were broken up by one game where he had a turnover. So like he almost went like 600 consecutive games without a turnover between like 1989 and 1990, <laughs> which is bananas. Like no, that, that, no that turnovers. Crazy. Well, he's also got like, like I think I've mentioned this before that like, even if Chris Paul were to average his career average of 10 turn, 10 assists a game. And he played until he was like 42 he would still not come close to beating John Stockton's assist record. 
Like no one, it's no crazy. one will ever get as many points <sighs> as John Stockton did. Well, Carmelo was yeah. automatic, and John Havlicek automatic from certain spots on the field. Yep. And well, then, and partly they played in kind of a, I mean, not as high pace as it is now, but the '80s were a high pace time. Yeah. There was some there was some some moving up and down the court a lot during that time. Um real quick, I just wanted to uh, touch on the the things that you asked or that I, we talked about during the last game with Steven um regarding is this is are we seeing the best that Steven has ever played? And we yeah, are yeah. in a sense. Uh he's having a very great stretch of games right now. However, it is not the best stretch of games he's ever had. Um the first season with Paul George and Carmelo during this time of year, November and December, was his best stretch of basketball ever. This was measured, right before Dre got hurt, right? Right before Dre got hurt. That team, man, that's a big... That's probably the second or third biggest what-if team in Thunder history. Um, yeah. But uh, as judged by game score, which is this weird, complicated formula that John Hollinger developed which kind of measures like the individual value of a player's game. And like the highest ever recorded game score was 64.6 or something. That was Michael Jordan's 69 point game. And like, there's only been like 25, 50 point game scores and so on and so forth. Steven's numbers aren't really crazy. They're pretty much average, but in terms of what he has done, uh, let's see between November well, like the end of October through basically the end of November in 2018, he averaged over 15 game score for that entire month, which was the longest stretch of his career. And then he did it again for like uh, another three weeks in December. But right now he's on a stretch of about three weeks of averaging over 15 game score. So we'll see what happens uh, if he keeps moving forward. We, we are witnessing probably one of the best stretches of his career. The thing that makes it different for me than his previous stretches is that one, he's being used way more now than he ever has. Two, he has incorporated assists into his game that he's never done before. Mm -hmm. His assist percentage yeah. has gone up like tenfold since uh since last year, basically. And his defensive numbers are some of the best that he's ever done. So I, I'm really excited about what we see from Steven. Now Basically, every year over the last several years, he's had a fall off after December. So let's really hope that he doesn't get injured and have another fall off. And we are sitting here wondering what happened to Steven Adams in February, as we do every year. But hopefully, his fall off happened at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I'm hoping. That's that. just, I was going to say he did. He that. did play poorly. Oh no, it was rough. He yeah, had a yeah. very bad stretch the first part of the season. In fact, that was this, the first. Like that stretch was the worst stretch he's had since uh, the end of the season 2017. He had a pretty bad stretch, um, but that's just because Russ was out there putting 50 point triple doubles on the Nuggets and whatnot. Yeah, and he was probably hurt. It seems like he's always hurt at the end of every season, but he still plays through it. You know, yeah. his first man, his first, his first two seasons though were real rough. <laughs> He had some real bad games, at least according okay. to game score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all right. He didn't have he, his hair. He didn't have any tattoos. That's he true. Was trying to make it. <laughs> he wasn't even, he was still baby. He was still playing backup to Kendrick Perkins. Yep. Mm hmm. He did get minutes, though. He's, he's one of the few 
Thunder players Wait. that actually got significant minutes as a rookie. I, I'm talking about before this year. Like well, the, well, that's what I was going to say. Is we just now were talking about that at the beginning of the pod about um, mm-hmm. experience in the playoffs in your first couple seasons. Yeah. And how beneficial it is. He got to play with Kendrick mm-hmm. Perkins in the playoffs. <laughs> yep. Yep. He played he played a lot of playoff games in his yeah. early career. Yep. You know? He 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 was I mean, he was right off the bench too. You know, he wasn't deep deep bench his rookie year. Like he seventh came man, off the yeah. bench in the he first was seventh quarter. man. He was after uh whoever had come in for Russ. Yeah. Uh Kevin Martin. And who was and um Yeah, yeah, that's right. Man, I forget who else <laughs> looking back <laughs> at some of those highlights and you're like, oh man. Ron Butler play for the Thunder? <laughs> like freaking Corey yeah. Brewer. <laughs> like all these yeah. all these dudes that were here for like half a season and then never came back. Norris Cole. Norris Cole, yeah. Wow. Wow. He's, he's not Gibson. even in the NBA anymore. Oh man, I miss yeah. Taj. Taj yeah. was great yeah. for his team. Yep. Yeah. And now he's like yeah, doing do. nothing and playing in New York, being a loser. I do. <laughs> I do like Taj. I do. <laughs> uh, I have one more stats thing, which is another discussion that we had uh, regarding Billy Donovan and his ability to win or not win against the worst teams in the NBA. Which, That's right. When you brought that up, Jeremy, in all fairness, we were mm-hmm. down 25 points. We did come back <laughs> to win that game. So we did win that game against the worst. But it, honestly, as everyone on the team said, like we shouldn't be down that many points ever to those teams. So this is the biggest stats project I've ever done, and I spent a lot of time on this. But basically what I did, I downloaded every single game result over the last four seasons for every team in the NBA, and I put it all into a ginormous spreadsheet. And what I wanted to figure out is what is the record of your opponent at the time that you play your opponent? So basically, figure out like how good is that team that you played the night that you played them? Because traditional win loss, like over five hundred, under five hundred records, don't account for the dynamic flu- fluctuations during the season. It's basically that's the number against the teams that at the end of the season ended up five hundred or less or over five hundred, which in some instances works, but like it really does not account for the the really the fluid nature of a season, like teams go on runs and will win a whole bunch of games in a row. And some teams will lose a whole bunch of games in a row. And you want to see how good the team, how good your team is against teams when you play them. So I put all these things together and I found out that, uh, Billy Donovan against, let's see, against the worst teams in the NBA, which is anyone by my definition, as your opponent that has less than 15% win percentage when you play them, he's won two-thirds of those games over the over his career with the Thunder, which is, frankly, like right at league average. Uh, you know, you got the Raptors over the last four seasons have won every single game against those opponents. Wow. Um, you've got teams like the Warriors that have won 86% of those games. Um so on and so forth. The Clippers have won 88% of those games. Then you got teams that have lost a bunch, like 25% for the Pelicans. And the worst uh, in that stretch is the Phoenix Suns. They've only won 20% of those games. Uh, 
So Yikes. two-thirds two thirds of those games is not bad, but it's not great either. Billy's biggest success, though, uh, is when you step up the quality of opponent just a little bit to, like, if they have less than a 33% chance or 33% winning percentage, he's won almost 79% of those games, which is pretty, pretty above league average, uh, which is 66% of the games won by most opponents. But uh, a couple of other things, because there's a whole lot of numbers here that I wanted to point out. There are two teams in the NBA over the last four seasons that have won had over 500 um, percent opponent win percentage. So basically, if you're all of the teams you've played on any given night over the last four seasons have been, on average, a 500-plus team. Two teams have had that criteria and also above average on against every tier of opponent. Good, bad, great, and terrible two teams you guys want to take any guesses i don't mm. think you're going to get them okay okay so it's probably not the warriors right because i mean i would think the warriors uh you, the warriors have not pl- their average opponent win percentage is not above 500 in fact they have hmm. they're slightly below average in terms of who their opponent is is one of them well does that milwaukee does that count this season that does not count this season this is this okay, is gotcha. only the right. four full seasons that Billy has been here. So been in Oklahoma City so far. So 2015, okay. 16 through last season. Uh, Milwaukee. Oh. Milwaukee well, no, is very you, very close. Realize, yeah, if they had if it, they had Giannis uh, one more season, then I thought that the I forgot that you said it was four seasons. <laughs> Not picking them because those two seasons before. Milwaukee is very close though. They have they are above average on everything except uh, against opponents, the very worst opponents. They actually are below average against those those teams. They only have a 57% win percentage against those teams. So they're, they've done even worse the, than the Thunder. What about the Wizards? Uh, no. The Wizards, Wizards have had mm. one of the easiest schedules in that time frame and have also not been successful against... Um, <laughs> at, above, like... Great teams and not great teams, but not the best or the worst. Okay, gotcha. Spurs? Nope. Spurs have had one of the easiest schedules in the league during that time frame also. But they've been very successful against all those teams, but they've had one of the easiest schedules. I mean, their average opponent win percentage is 48%. Ooh, Mm. what about the Clippers? Uh, Let's see... Nope, because they are not good against the greatest teams. They've only won twenty percent okay. of their games over against teams over eighty five percent. Gotcha. This is crazy. All right, I'm Trailblazers. Gonna do, I'm gonna do one more guess after Jeremy. The Portland Trailblazers are one of those teams. They, they have right. played, it, only, it only took me like four. They guesses. have played. <laughs> their average opponent win percentage is over five hundred, and they are above average against every other quality of opponent. <sighs> Hmm. Good for I can them. see in that, that time I mean, frame. Is the other team in the east good. or west? The other team is in the west. In fact, the other team is in the same division. Okay, dang it. <laughs> is it Denver? 
It is the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> the Denver Nuggets <laughs> and the Portland Trailblazers are the only teams that are above average, both in opponent win percentage and against all quality tiers of opponents in that time frame. So in this, in by these measures, they are like the two two of the most consistently good performance teams over the last four seasons, which, you know, the eye test kind of checks out. They've been pretty good. They haven't won championships. They've both made a conference finals uh, during that stretch. I think, did the, did the Nuggets make it to the conference finals? Uh, no, the Grizzlies made it to the conference I finals. So. Yeah, not uh, that stretch, no. No, but they've both made it far in the playoffs at least once. They've both been pretty good. They've both been in the top tier of the West in that time frame. Um, but I just found it very interesting that no one in the East has come even close to that. And that it wasn't one of the, like, it wasn't the, the Warriors. Like, the Warriors are the best team in that time frame, no doubt. They have the best record against every tweet tier of opponent except, like, the absolute best and absolute worst teams. But they're still way above average. It's just that they're average opponent win percentage is so much lower probably because they've taken a larger percentage of the wins than what they could play against so like maybe the maybe the pool of teams against them i should re-average those numbers and maybe they'd be above average i don't know it's there's a lot of averaging of numbers mm. going on here but yeah i just thought i i saw this list and i was like that that doesn't make any sense but there it is yeah, oh that's the crazy stat, the stat that i want to know eddie before we move on is our win percentage when Steven Adams scores the first bucket. Ooh, that will have to be for next week. That is yeah, going to take I some, <laughs> I'm trying to think now how I would even do that. I'm pretty much limited to what basketball reference can do, but man, it can do a whole lot. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I know that Chris, Chris, number Chris Fisher came said that he he has scored the first bucket in fifteen of uh twenty seven games, and he said this during the last game, and I think that that was the fifteenth. Okay. So fifteen of twenty eight games now. Okay. Now, which one of those have been wins? Figure out which games those are. <laughs> well, and I know that looking at since I was looking at Steven's numbers, Steven is now above 500 on the season in games that he has played. He is 13 and 12 um, in the Thunder are 14 and 14 because he's missed, I think, three, four games. Yeah. I would bet more than half. I'll have to I'll have to look to make sure, but I would bet more than half of our wins. He scored the first bucket. <laughs> anyway, those are my stats for the week, gentlemen. That's good work. I put a lot of work, yeah, Eddie. Into it. Yeah, thank thank you for doing that. That's good work. I love I love uh, thinking about how the numbers relate to the sports. It's my favorite. And I know that there's a lot of discussion about Billy Donovan and whether he should be with the Thunder or not. We have certainly <laughs> beat that horse to death. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I I felt I thought that it was a little validating for him to like because I kind of I, I yeah, kind of you're right. I felt you're right. similar to you like. I kind of have always felt like we've not played well against the worst teams, but the numbers show that we kind of do all right. We're, we're pretty much average. You know, I'm sure that most teams don't want to, you know, like even the ones that are average, they all probably feel like, man, we should be beating these teams more often, but at least like there's some solace in knowing that most other teams also 
have weird struggles against it's, worse teams. It's still the NBA. Yeah, yeah. It's still the best basketball players. That's true. The, and you also you have to take into consideration, like when you have a team that you're playing and they're that bad, maybe they want to win that game more than yeah. you want to win that game. So yeah. maybe that's just what it is. And that's why there's some weird numbers there. Yeah. I always thought it was the Russell Westbrook effect with the thunder. Um, and apparently the numbers don't back this up because of what you just reported, Eddie. But I always thought that we saw the best of pretty much every team that we played every night. Well, maybe it does back it up. Because he brings that out. Yeah, I know? mean, every one of those things was with Russ on the roster. So it that would be a far more complicated project to like determine who was playing and who wasn't playing. and Yeah, injuries and all yeah, that. That's well, yeah, yeah, huge. That's right. This is raw record, which obviously is very complicated even you know trying to figure out how good a team is on any given day in the season there's so many variables that goes into play in that i don't i'm not statistically equipped to do that sort of thing at least not at this point i want to yeah, yeah. i like to learn to to figure out how to do that but for a later day i think <laughs> uh, one time I think that we I, could oh, go ahead jeremy <laughs> it's Silly, but one time uh, when Perk was on the team, he, every now and then Perk would hit that jumper from the elbow. <laughs> every, like every now and then, and I tweeted to Royce once, like, "What is the Thunder's record when Perk hits a jump shot?" Because <laughs> I was just <laughs> interested to see it, because uh, he never hardly did it. But you know, that would be almost impossible to figure out. It seems like um, I, there's a way. Unless you had too much time. Oh uh, well, yeah, <laughs> time and <laughs> access to data. Yeah. Um, I think that we could do a hybrid of our next topic and just hit one of the predictions because I think it's the most valid one to do right now, which is the Thunder's win record at the end of the year. What do you guys think that we're... How close to our original preseason predictions do we feel like we're going to get? I don't think I'm... I don't think I got this one. I think I'm I'm (laughs) definitely wrong. I I see this team... I see them being closer to 42 than to 32 for sure. (laughs) I don't know if they're going to end up at exactly 500, the way that we're trending, I kind of think we may even get upwards of 44, 45 wins. Like this yeah, team, is, yeah. was this the harder part of our schedule, this first part the of the year? The first part, the November I, schedule I so. was the hardest yeah. part of the season. And we've yeah. already played our They've longest the, road trip. We've already played the hardest part of the season. Like We've kind of got a lot of uh, blank canvas in front of us. I. Mm-hmm. What will be very interesting is if this team somehow ends up with like one of the same records that like one of the last three seasons teams had <laughs> with far more talent. <laughs> like that, honestly, I kind of don't want that to happen because that will just bring out all the Russ haters everywhere. And yeah, I'm tired of yeah. trying to <laughs> absorb that hate and not be angry about it. Yeah, yeah. I, so I picked them to win 42, as you said. Yeah, I feel great about that right now because they're <laughs> 500. And I think I think some of their losses are, like, fine. I mean, they lost to the Lakers twice. That, that's fine. They lost to the Bucks. That's fine. They lost to, you know, Utah on the road at the beginning of the season. They lost to Denver on the road. They I know the Trailblazers' record doesn't look great, but I think they're a quality team that is going to be in contention uh, come playoff time. Um, so... I mean, my point is, like, I do think they've had a tough schedule, 
And if you look at like who they've lost to, I mean, they, they've had some losses that were upsetting. I mean, the Wizards at the beginning of the year, and I, I was kind of upset at that Kings loss when they lost to the Kings on the road. Um, but most of their losses, if you look at it, you're like, yeah, I, I can see why they lost that game, you know, because they've had a really tough stretch. I can't wait till they go on an East road trip. That's what I'm. That's what I'm excited about I, when they the play East, the Knicks and the Nets and the you know the, East, and the Hawks. The, the East is frightening to me. I mean, they, I think that the, it's the most balanced it's been in a long time in terms of that's true East West parity. Yeah, I mean, uh, no one expected because, Toronto to be as good as they are. No one expected Indiana to be well, as good as they are, especially the, without I, Old I Depot. Know. I, I, yeah, I here's how I feel. Toronto is, I don't know, dude. I'm starting to think not less of Kawhi Leonard, but I'm starting to think less of his impact on a team. But because for his me, impact he, it, to me, it only comes in the playoffs. Like he's yeah. not a regular season, huge contributor. I don't think he cares yeah. enough. Yeah. And it's like, well, the, the rep, Go ahead, Victor, and then I'll yeah. my Raptors thought. I just think that they were clearly good, like you just alluded to, Eddie, in the regular season before he came back, before the playoffs. So to me, it was like they weren't that much different for the regular season. I just don't think they'll make any type of serious playoff run with the people that are in their conference. I honestly think that Miami could beat them in a series if they really wanted to. M- Miami is like... <laughs> probably the second best team in the East in my book. Like, yeah. Jim, Jimmy Butler and those dudes like bam, those is young probably going to be an all-star. Yeah. All those young, those young kids are all, except for whenever I have Tyler hero, but when he's not on my <laughs> team, he does great. <laughs> I mean, right and, now basketball reference has Jimmy Butler in the top six for MVP candidate. Like he's right behind yeah. Anthony Davis and LeBron. I, I He's not going to yeah. win it obviously, but like, I mean, they also have Bam as the top t- as top ten MVP candidate. <laughs> that I yes. don't think is rea- reality, but that dude is going to be an All Star. I'm pretty sure. Well, the only reason he's even in that conversation is he's been the most consistent the whole season. He's definitely a better fit for them than Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, Hassan Whiteside is, I think, a good fit for Portland. And he's going to be out. <laughs> <laughs> I what just hate you, uh, you guys. Toronto? Jeremy. Well, I mean, I think they're they're going to start losing a bunch of games because you guys saw that Pascal Siakam is out, right? Oh, he's out. I in, did not see indefinitely. That. Oh. Yeah, they and they use the the I word, the indefinitely, <laughs> and they don't have Marcus Saul right now. I mean, I think that Fred Van Fleet, I think, is still injured too. I think that they're going to have a tough tough time winning some games going forward. Oh man, hey. I didn't I didn't know that he well, was out. Yeah, me either. I did. I honestly didn't I, know that Fred Van Fleet was out. See, but well, that's I the mean, thing. He was like in a suit the other night, I don't, they've I don't won, know. Have you, do you, they won. They've won their last four games by eight points, by twenty points, by uh, thirteen points, and by uh, four points. Like, I don't know, man. They've won a lot of their games by a lot of points. Now they've also lost a few by a lot of points too. But yeah, I don't know. But see, y'all can like just. This was just two days ago that they announced that he was out. I mean, he's played in most of their games. He played in that game when they played the Clippers a while back, uh, Kawhi's return game when he got his ring. Um, 
We'll have to see what happens with that team. I mean, they may fall a little yeah. bit, but I don't know, man. I feel like those guys are. I feel like they've got some. They've got fight in them that a lot of other teams don't have. You know. Yeah, you're probably right about that. It'll, yeah. it'll probably depend on what their upcoming schedule looks like. I'm not sure who they're playing. Mm-hmm. Well, they play Dallas uh, today. No Luca, no Pascal. Yeah, it'll be an interesting matchup. Yeah. Then Indiana, Dallas, Boston. Dallas is winning quality games without the MVP. You know that's pretty uh, crazy. Poise, I, they're they're Poise a really good team. Ham, that's why. Yeah, yeah. I do not think that Luca is going to win the MVP. I'm, I'm oh, going I still full think he on is. record with that right now. He he's going to come back and he's going to be as he was before he got injured. And he and it's not like he's out for a long time. I mean, he could be back like this week. I yeah, think. but are you seeing what Giannis is doing? <laughs> <laughs> like not only is Giannis having the best like season since Shaq uh in 2001 <laughs> but like he's they also have the highest ever point differential in NBA history. Like we're looking at one of the most dominant teams of all time in terms of a regular season. Now, the Warriors with Kevin Durant and like last season if they had actually cared during the regular season, yeah, they probably could have beat that record too, but they didn't, but Giannis cares, and he wants a ring now. Like, who was it? Who I was. I, I don't see Dallas getting to the top. I, they're not going to be ahead of either the Clippers or the Lakers at the end of the season. There was they're some analyst talking about uh, Giannis. About oh, Kevin Garnett was talking about Giannis, and he was working out with Giannis. And he goes, <laughs> "This dude works so hard in the gym. He's the only. He works." Harder than any person ever. He was like, he was saying that Joel Embiid could be this dominant if he worked as hard as Giannis, but no one does. No one works as hard as Giannis at basketball. I don't doubt it, man. Mm. I mean, look at the look at the growth he's had. I mean, he, he it's the whole it's Crazy the whole narrative man. around him. Like he was, he wasn't a top a first round pick or a top pick, and like no one ever expected this of him. And now he's going out here. He's like, he's like Shaq, but can shoot three pointers and dribble the basketball. It's, it's unreal what the dude is, is doing. I mean, short of an injury, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think Luca's got MVPs in front of him. I just, I don't think that this season is the season. And I do think, I mean, we'll, I will go on record. The 2020s will see both a Milwaukee and a Dallas championship. That's going to (laughs) happen. Oh, we got to do an episode that's just that, 2020 productions. Anyway, um, Giannis, Giannis's position on basketball reference is as follows. Power forward and point guard and small forward and shooting guard. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, he just he plays everything. <laughs> I'm surprised he, they put point guard on there, everything. honestly. Like, he is really everything. I, I, would not, I would not call him a point guard, but man... I think he's on his way to back-to-back MVPs, and I think that they're—I mean—they're going to win the East. They may, whether they get to the finals or not, I, that's still up for debate. I—I I do think that they've got the edge right now, but the man. only thing that I'll say is he recently had the back spasm situation, and that's like a terrifying—that's uh, true nagging nagging thing to be having on your body. That is true. So. It is worrisome, man. Thir- <laughs> he's averaging 31 13 and 6 <laughs> like, yeah on 
61% effective field goal percentage. He has a 34.8 PER. The yeah. highest of all time is 32 by Will Chamberlain. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. He, He's now, all right. I think that video that, that you guys watched kind of showed that uh, some of these numbers, like you kind of have to look at them as a whole and realize that maybe mm-hmm. numbers are just higher now than they used to be. Well, yeah. And for, for that number of reasons, but man, he is a special, special dude. But I, I as uh, I said, Dallas is one of my favorite teams to watch this season. So I will, I will be excited to see what Luca does when he comes back for sure. But so do you think yeah. that Giannis is the type of person that like the playoffs will happen and then like, he'll just be making all his free throws. Cause right now that's like one part where I'm like, he's missing a lot of free throws. That's true. <laughs> I think his, his free throw numbers are down a lot from his career average too. I don't know. I, I do. I will say this. I think that the bucks are still one person away from being a, a true like bona fide they're going to win a championship team like right now i think that they got when they get when they got rid of brogdon they left a little bit of hole that while Giannis's development can cover a little bit of that i think they need at least one other person you know what they need they need danilo gallinari yeah <laughs> yeah i just had that yeah, thought they too. need danilo gallinari but and, who are we getting back yeah, from him? well I'm going to look at their roster right now and I'll tell you Nobody. who I want back. Nobody. Um, you don't want any of those people. Well, not particularly. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you don't want any of them. This dude. Uh, if it was three years ago or four years ago, I'd want Wesley Matthews. I don't know, man. You Dante, want a future first round pick. That's what you DiVincenzo, want. That's the first he wants, I'm sure. He's a, yeah, he's a, young, he's a okay. young guy. I'd take him and a first. Give me him in a first. You can have Danilo. That's, that's just not enough. <laughs> it's just, it's not. I also, uh, I, that would guys, be working against my own interests because I want the Lakers to win the championship right now because I yeah. want LeBron to, to get that. Uh, yeah, me too. I'm in that boat too. But, you know, I, I think that would be, a, I think it would be a, a very fun finals Lakers-Milwaukee. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Ugh. All I right. Watched. Let's go. Should we go ahead? Should we move on to fantasy? Yeah, I was gonna say what's going on in fantasy land. Well, uh, Mr. Edwin Streck and I are battling it out this week, and uh, Eddie is currently up on me by a lot of points. Forty nine. Uh, Forty nine points. Forty nine. I do have more players 50. playing today than you. Yep, you do. Uh, I will I will say this like uh, and I'm not making excuses because we've all dealt with injuries, but obviously Luca went down this week. That's true. And, uh, he was one of the highest uh, fantasy point averagers in the league. I think Giannis was the only one that was higher. I checked that. Uh, so that was unfortunate. However, you know, I, I could have dropped him and picked up other players, but I just I don't know. I get attached to my guys. You know, I haven't even dropped Kyrie Irving. I like because I'm confident he's going to be great when he comes back, and I don't want anyone to to pick him up. You know, it's, when I when I drop. Yeah, him. I mean, you don't want to do what I did and let Victor take Trey Young from you. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> so I might. It, it's looking like I'm going to take my second L of the season this week against Aww. Eddie. Uh, but it's Just but it's two. a quality opponent. Oh. You know? I'm I'm ending your seven game win streak. By the way, that's right. If, if I will say holds. this too, it, I will say this. I had a plan, and in my head, this plan was totally gonna gonna work, and I was gonna come back and and beat you today. 
but uh, you ruined my plan. I was going to pick up Dennis Schroeder ha! for today. And I, he was he was not available, so he's on he's on your team I, now. This is my second so, time uh, of having him this week. I actually dropped him, and then that's when he had the two best games of his season, and then I picked him back up. So naturally, he will not have a good game today. <laughs> and it yeah, is against DeMontis the Clippers, so yeah. Sabonis so is day to day too, uh, so I may not get his points. But I did pick up a. Uh, a fan favorite. I picked up uh, Serge Ibaka. There we Raptors go. You're playing Dallas today. He'll get lots of minutes with Pascal Siakam being out. So uh, we'll see. You know, I'm going to see it to the end, but uh, not feeling real good about my chances to win. I've got Giannis. Uh, so he's going to give me like 38 or 40 points because that's what he does. <laughs> but I also have Paul George, and I think Paul George is going to. I'm going to go ahead and say he's going to drop at least 34 points tonight in Oklahoma city. Cause I think that he's probably going to hear a little bit of booze and maybe not a whole a lot, bit. but he, he will, he's going to come out and I think he is going to give the thunder fans a show. And I, I think it, I'm going to be a little, it's going to be a little bittersweet to watch, but I think it's what's going to happen. See, I, I could see him playing poorly. It seems like uh, that happens to a lot of players when they go back to wherever they just came from, you know? Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, that's another stats picking project the Clippers. right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. That actually wouldn't be that hard to do, too, because there's, like, not that many games, you know? No. I mean, you're looking at first the first time games. back in the arena that you were in for a long time. Probably only consider, like, players that have made a big impact, like yeah, LeBron, Kevin... Maybe Kyrie back in Cleveland. Russell in a few weeks in Oklahoma City. And we'll see what happens. I kind of think that he is not going to play well in that game. But yeah, I also, me too. <laughs> I kind of think that we're going to cheer him on if he's not playing well. Like, Yes. I really it's hope be so. Great. I hope we I do. love it. I, I would love for yeah, him to I, have a game winner against us. That would make me really happy. Yeah. that That's going to be such a fun game to watch for so many that different would, reasons. That would not make I, me happy. It would not make you happy. <laughs> well, it would make me yeah. unhappy in the moment, but then it would be like, oh, okay, well, it was Russ. Okay. As long as it's not freaking James. If we just lose yeah. because Russ has a crappy game and James just balls out, I'm going to be really upset. Well, when when that game approaches, like maybe the episode before, which is pretty quick, I think, we'll have to talk about what our desired outcome for that game is. <laughs> like, the if we could pick whatever happens in that game on both sides of the ball, Thunder and Rockets, like, what, what do we want to happen? Agreed. I'm already I'm I'm getting some some ideas already. I'm excited. To, uh so to, Julie is gonna dominate um absentee <laughs> number one and Victor is gonna dominate absentee number two this week. So And I needed that W, so that's right now, yeah, it's I, valuable. I am three and five, so four and five will be better for me. Um uh, pretty much uh just picking players for next week is what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give Markin another shot. I, I I let go of him pretty quickly uh, out of anger and frustration. So I gotta be. Let me ask you this because this is something we haven't really talked about. Who is the guy on your team this season that has surprised you the most in terms of giving you production? Bam, bam. Okay. That one's kind of easy for you. <laughs> he's been he's been excellent. Bam. What about you, Bam. Jeremy? I 
I've been, actually been a little underwhelmed by Jokic. I thought he was going to be a bigger producer. When I look at my roster, like the big producer, obviously, is Luka Doncic. But um, but I'll, also, uh, Kyrie Irving was like extremely productive for me. The first few games. He was able to play that. That's why I don't want to let him go. But yeah, Jokic, I mean, I'm looking at his numbers right now, his fantasy numbers. Yeah, he's only averaging 25.3. I, I mean, I would think he's the kind of player that could average like above 30. You know, uh, I think it's maybe his scoring. Well, he's just, he's he not been he very good this much. season so far. I mean, he's even come out. Come a lot out of people were like, picking him to win MVP. Yeah. He's not even in the MVP no, conversation. He's, there's no, several there's people picked no him to win MVP. Way. Unless he goes on a streak of triple doubles and they win like 15 in a row. I don't think there's any way he gets in that conversation. Um, yeah. For me, there've been a couple guys that have been really surprisingly good. I kind of expected Malcolm Brogdon to be good, but I don't think I expected him to be this good. Like he's been, he's really had a breakout season in Indiana, and I think he may be on his way to an All Star appearance. Uh, we'll have to see. But honestly, this guy that I picked up somewhere like maybe the third or fourth week um, has really improved, and I had never even heard of him before. But Devonte Graham of Charlotte, who is now the runaway most improved player winner. Um, yeah. In terms of what he's done from last season to this season, he's the same age and the same class as Shea. So I think it's, uh, it's interesting to see how much this guy has grown ever since he has been given the reins to the team uh, in the same way that Shea has kind of taken over the reins of this team. Uh, whereas he was just coming off the bench for the Clippers, even though Shea's got some, you know, he's got guys ahead of him that are, using the ball more shorter and, and Chris Paul and whatnot. But yeah, Devontae Graham has been probably my most surprising uh, player so far this season. Who I don't think that, well, let's look at maybe Julie's team since she actually tries. <laughs> but she, By the way, you you, you drafted Steven Adams uh, yeah, at the beginning and I, of our season. I'm, I'm and, upset that I don't have him now. <laughs> I Yeah, yeah it's, it's fortunate for me that I have him on my roster during the time that He's doing really well, you know, because he's been very productive the past few weeks, too. He was a liability for me in the early part of the season. I also no longer have Blake Griffin because I don't know what happened to that dude, but I just yeah, dropped him not, now, so. not playing well at all <laughs> I this just season. Dropped him. I regret not making the trade for Kevin Love now, <laughs> like hardcore. I yeah. would much rather have Kevin Love than what, yeah. I, what I don't have now. Uh, let's see. Julie's got... I'm not sure who on her team is the most uh, significant. I mean, she's got a lot of the same mainstays, but she's made more moves than anyone by a long shot. Kyle Lowry has been pretty good for her. Um, let's see. Dinwiddie, but I can't think we kind of expected that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think everyone is kind of expected. Kelly Oubre Jr. maybe. But I'm not sure that she that that's a mainstay on her team because I've had him before too. Me too. I've had him also. Anyway, I just thought that was a little fun thing to think about. Yeah, we absolutely. Should, uh, well, I was gonna say we should give MVPs to, to our fantasy players at the end of the season and see. Yep, <laughs> we should like, give awards. I like it. I, I don't know cool. which Most of improved? you guys. I go. I think I, go, I probably go against Jeremy next, but I'm ready. Just let you guys know, gentlemen. I picked up all my players. This just in. Uh oh. Oh, what's happening? Central. The Hawks are showing trade interest in Stephen Adams. 
Oh, oh my. man. No. They're awful. Yeah, they're pretty bad, and they're not going to give me what I want because the only person that I would trade Steven Adams for is Trey Young. And they're not going to trade Trey Young. No, it's not happening. No. I do I not want, want that. that. I do not want that at all. Well, I'm sure that Mr. Sam Presti is interested in picks. I don't know what Atlanta's picks look like, but I bet you they look pretty good. I mean, they're last. Let me look at their right roster. I do not right. want... Man, that is not... That's not acceptable to me. Uh, do you I don't guys care if find they give it, me five picks, man. I don't... Do, do you find it coincidental that Chandler Parsons is on their team? <laughs> and they're that bad? <laughs> Oh, I do not. That's, I do that's not. another Chandler project. Parsons is garbage. <laughs> Actually, I don't even look, need I mean, to look at the numbers. I'm just pretty sure that every Channel Parsons team has been terrible for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see here. We, we can't uh, trade at, him to the Atlanta. Come on. What are you doing? Well, I mean... The article is just saying that there's interest on Atlanta's side, right? Or is there interest on both in both sides? Well, I kind of assume that these things, like, they come to light because, I don't know, man. There's probably always interest between uh, with one team. But, like, I think that they only come to light whenever, like, the it's broken through from just being interest to being something that's, like, maybe actually being discussed. I don't okay, know. It's not, this, is, this is my last attack on Chandler Parsons and here's just so that everyone really <laughs> understands. So rookie contract first season, first season, 9.5 points a game, uh, 50, uh, no, that's one, 50% from the field, 33% from the free throw line. Next season, 15.5 points a game, big old jump, 48% from the field, 38% from the three point line. Getting better. Yes. The last, uh, season on his rookie contract, 16.6 points a game, still improving. 52%, uh, no, 53% from the field and uh, 37% from the three-point line. The next season, his next, he got paid. Someone paid him money to continue playing basketball at at least that level. Immediate two-point drop in points per game and <laughs> percentage. The next season, another two-point drop. And then he <laughs> hasn't even averaged 10 points a game since then. He's garbage. <laughs> he he is a a the number one swindler of the 2010s for sure in the NBA. He came in, he got his money, and he left. I don't know. Joe Johnson has a high uh, has a claim on that as well because it's, he got paid true. so much money from Brooklyn and then did not play well. And then didn't he win the MVP in the the three team the three league whatever that thing is? Ice the cubes, big three. Ice cubes. Uh, Entertainment yep. thing. Ugh. Anyway, I that was a lengthy one. Yeah, I. I don't know. I I think I'd be interested in. I mean, if this trade w is going to happen, which I don't believe it is, but let's just assume it is right now. I'd be interested in seeing Alan Crabb in a Thunder uniform. I think he hasn't played well the last couple of seasons, but I, I think that he would flourish in what the Thunder has going on right now. Um, I, have we given up on Jabari Parker, too? Is he... He's, actually, yeah. playing, he was yeah. be he's awesome. actually playing uh, better this season than he has... Uh, than he did in his, his last few seasons in Milwaukee. So he's playing better. I actually have had him on my fantasy team at a couple points this season. So he's 
He's not terrible, but he's definitely not lived up to the potential that people thought he had. The only yeah, other person on their team, I, I would I would accept Trey Young. They're not going to get rid of Trey Young. But if they want to trade no, they're not. for Steven Adams, they're going to give me either Trey Young or John Collins. And if they're going to give me John Collins, they're going to also have to give me at least two first-round picks. That's me. Dang. I'm not saying Preston. Dang. That's me. I'm sorry. Steve, no. Steven Adams is... No. Steven Adams is the... He is, <laughs> he is the Thunder right now. He is the I only not. thing that we have left from the years of joy uh, that we experienced. I just don't want him to have to play with Alex Lynn. I hate Alex Lynn. Yeah, I'm not a big Alex Lynn fan either. Plus, he's a douche. I don't know, man. I just don't... <laughs> man, no. Just no. Well, it's it's not going to happen, guys, because here's the deal. Anytime Presti has done anything, no one has seen it coming. So no one reported on anything that has, Presti has done of significance, you know? So, yeah. I, I mean, mean, maybe, maybe no you're right. One, no one knew he was going to trade... Paul George to the Clippers. No one knew he was going to trade Russ to the Rockets. No one saw that coming. And everyone saw a trade coming, but the Rockets weren't even a team that anyone mentioned. And I mean, going back to like the Reggie Jackson trade, which was basically Reggie for Ennis Canner or whatever, like no one saw that coming either. You know? So well, what you're saying is, what you're saying is we are about to get Kevin Love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because no one's talking about it, I think it's definitely on the table. Yes. Yeah, but who would we trade for Kevin Love? No, no, he's gonna ask to be released from Cleveland, and we're gonna. <laughs> he's gonna give up a hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah, he's been convinced. <laughs> oh man, impressed do we trust? Man, if we could have figured out a way, to, if Cleveland would have just been like, "Hey, we're ready to trade for Kevin Love," sometime last season, like. Who knows yeah. what the Thunder would look like now? Because man, why would I don't know? Just we're we're this is this is not how I wanted to end this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. All right. So 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 real quick, real quick, just gut reaction. Um, does the Thunder make a trade before the trade deadline this season? Yes or no? <sighs> yeah. No. I'm gonna say yes. Yeah. But I don't think it will be. Very significant, if that makes sense. It won't. I'm actually going to say that he, that Gallinari and Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder will all be on the roster at the end of the year. But there may be another. Don't player say that. My that, hot take. Why do you? Why? Because that, that means the last available piece that we have to trade is Stephen Adams. I mean, Abdul Nader is tradable. But why? You know, that's what, what, what I'm saying. Like, from, what would he get from one of from trading one of these young guys? I mean, he's not going to get I don't a pick. Know. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I'm. I'm just saying that if, if I think there will be a trade, and I think it will not be of significance, so it won't be Stephen Adams okay. either. All right. It, well, then I. I'll continue to allow you to be my friend. <laughs> I. I. I am still honestly the belief guy that it only felt more that way the more that I've seen him play the last week or so. I really think the first person to go will probably be Dennis. Yeah. No. I. I. I, I agree. I, I could well. see that happening. Although I do think he would be cool, and I, I actually, like, I don't think that I would hate a reality in which he is the starting point guard and Shea is, is the shooting guard moving forward because mm -hmm. he's yeah. still kind of young, but I also agree with you. I think he's probably going to be the first one to go. Although Gallinari, again, like you said, is very valuable. 
but he yeah. he's kind of slid off from his early season, like really great play. But we'll see if it balances out a little bit. Yeah. I, I think that more teams will be interested in Gallinari than any other player on the Thunder roster. Like Presti will get offers. It's just, does he think it's valuable or not? Does he think it's worth it to do it? He can make threes, man. That's the, that's like the freaking bowl of lucky charms that everyone <laughs> wants. Yep. Uh, yes. Magically delicious. Any other nuggets of wisdom? from either of you gentlemen before we wrap up this episode today? Uh, what do you think? Who who wins tonight? Clippers or Thunder? I'm going to say <sighs> Thunder will not win four in a row yet. They will at some point this season, but not yet. They won three in a row. Uh, I mean, obviously the Clippers are awesome. Um, I, I think, I think they fall to the Clippers at home. I think that we win in a way that everyone else hates. I think that someone gets ejected or something. And, <laughs> and then we... Hey, Kawhi, Kawhi <laughs> hasn't rested in a while. I wonder if he's going to rest. Today. Oh, man. They, they played yesterday, too. They played <gasps> they uh, the Spurs yesterday. <laughs> I think they did, yeah. I have to look it I'm up right sure. now. I bet he's not playing. <laughs> I bet Kawhi's not playing. I guess the easiest mm. way is we just go to... Uh, uh, fantasy and look who has him. Unless yes. I think the only thing that I care about really happening today is a really nice "Hey, miss you, buddy" screen from Stephen to Paul George and be like, I don't know if you remember how these feel. He won't <laughs> play. He's not playing. Woo! <laughs> yeah, they play. They played the Spurs yesterday. Yep, Daddy, it's that snowing. means. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm giddy, man. Like that's great. That's great news. I think that yeah. also means that Paul George is really going to ball out. Like now, I think he may actually get to a forty point, forty point game. Nah, but, bruh. Uh, yeah, I think that gives us a chance. Actually, now I'm kind of thinking we might win. <laughs> Look what you did to Eddie. That- <laughs> <laughs> you got, I aimed to please. You got Eddie a brand new puppy that's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> you got me a puppy, and it's snowing on Christmas and world peace. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Thunder Moneyball podcast. If you haven't followed us on social media, do that. We're on Twitter and Instagram at podcast underscore thunder. And uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you consume your podcast media. It makes us feel better about ourselves. And hey, have a Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, whichever you prefer. Bye. Jingle bells. Goodbye. Goodbye.